0: Happy almost New Year. I don't know if you know this, this is insider information, but we received the Grace Talk schedule about a year in advance and I was really excited when I got this week. And that was a big deal to me because I love this week. It's, I love Christmas and then for work it's a little bit slower. My kids are around so I get to hang out with them. And, and, for a lot of people, this is a week where you start thinking about fresh starts and everybody loves a fresh start. How many times have you got up in the morning and you said, What well, today is going to be a better day. Or you start a new week on a Monday and said, okay, here's when I'm going to start my workout. Or here's when I'm going to start my diet. Or you even go like a whole year and say, okay, this is going to be the best year ever. So, what we're going to be doing it this year is talking about the Bible. And a lot of people, when it comes to the new year, and it's a good thing, says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the whole Bible. And that takes about 75 to 90 hours to read it out loud. So if you do the math, I mean, 90 hours is like 5,400 minutes. Divide that by 365-ish and you get like 15 minutes a day. So you could do that. But the question I actually get more often is, says, Hey, Jared, what is it like to just like meditate on a single verse? What's it take to like unpack what's in there? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the book of Colossians, chapter 2, and we're going to divide this one verse into two verses. And we're going to see what this says every single day. And what is happening, and i am going to give you a little bit of background. This is an amazing verse. But what is happening is for the people in Colossae, this is about 2,000 years ago, they're getting distracted. And we need this encouragement. Sometimes we need this encouragement, right? Life happens. You get confused. That was happening to the people at Colossae. They were even being convinced that Christ alone for their salvation was not enough. Pretty serious. So, Paul writes this letter, and in the middle of that letter, he writes these two verses. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Did you see how that started? Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. And as the world gets super distracting, as the world gets confusing, you know this simple fact you have Christ Jesus and that's all you need. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we get distracted and harried, it seems like the answer can be everywhere, but in reality, sometimes the answer is with something we already have. We have you, and that's all we need. Amen. Okay, in your expert opinion, what is more difficult, knowing or doing? There's arguments for both sides, but sometimes you just don't even know what to do, right? Maybe tonight you're getting ready for an appetizer for a New Year's Eve party and you don't know how to make it. Or maybe you got a workout plan, you're really excited to start tomorrow and you don't know exactly what you should be doing. Sometimes you're just not sure what to do. This year, I decided I wanted to learn how to figure out a Rubik's Cube. Maybe because of Stranger Things, maybe because I still think it's 1984, but either way, I wanted to figure this out. I didn't know how to do it. I had to look it up. I had to figure out the algorithms. I had to do all these things so I could figure this thing out. But for most of us, it's not the knowing part that is so difficult. I think we have a whole long list of things that we know are good for us. We should get up early and we should eat right and we should get enough sleep and we should live in the moment and never own a cat. Like, these are common things that everyone knows you shouldn't do. But if you're anything like I am, most of the time, the knowing part doesn't quite look like the doing part. And that's kind of what's happening for the people at Colossae. So Paul is trying to explain to them a very important thing. He says, I want you to know where you stand. So the verse starts this way. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, and then it continues, continue to live your lives in him. You know God's forgiveness. You know what you have in Christ. So now you just have to go and live it. Live a life in his acceptance and his forgiveness. Live a life with his care and his love and his thankfulness. I find it very reassuring as I get ready to start a new year to know that I don't have to win my salvation. That's already done. You and I just get to wake up tomorrow, a brand new year, and know I'm going to live this year out of thanks for Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, through the Holy Spirit, we know that you have done everything for us. We know what you expect of us. And today's a brand new day as we get ready for a brand new year. Help us to do what you've called us to do. Continue to live our lives in you and actually do that. Amen. Uh, First of all, Happy New Year for staying up till midnight. You look good. So this is what we're going to do. It's a brand new year and a lot of people, when they get to a new year, want to refocus their life on spending more time in God's word and that's what we're doing this week. But we're looking at just two verses in the middle of Colossians. Here they are. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. All right, I totally admit it. Yesterday was a little bit bad. Paul told us to continue to live our lives in Christ. But what does that even mean? Thankfully, he cracks the door open to our understanding with the next section. He says, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. Now we're getting somewhere. With two simple metaphors, you can almost visualize what Paul is talking about. As a tree sends its roots down for strength and nourishment, the same thing that we do. We find our identity in Christ, the source of our identity. We find strength in his word. And it only makes sense that once we have figured that out, we start to build our lives on him. So my question is simply this. If you look back on the last year, would you say that you built your life on Christ? Or maybe ask it a little bit differently. When you had confidence and hope and courage during this last year, was it because of your life in Jesus? Or was it because of a new job or a relationship? Or because you had finally saved up enough money? Imagine with me just for a second. What would your life look like if this next year you truly built it on Jesus? What would it look like to have all the hope in the world Because you know that God is working all things out for your good. What would it look like to have the joy of knowing your sins are completely forgiven? What would it look like to know that even in the bleakest of circumstances, God has a mission for you? That's not vague. That's not confusing. That's called living your life in Christ. Rooted and built up in him. Let's pray. Uh, Dear Lord, give us a chance to imagine the future and look back a year from now. What would our lives look like if it truly was built on you? Rooted in you, rooted in your word, rooted in your promises, and built on those very things as we live out our every day. We pray that this is the year that we root our lives in you and we build it up in you, the source of our identity. We ask this in your name. Amen. I've got a question for you. Do you think your faith is strong enough to face this next year or the trials that you're in? If you're wondering how to strengthen it, that's exactly what Paul is talking about today. So let's take a look. This is in the book of Colossians, chapter two. He says this Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. I want to talk to you about this section because I think it's very similar to how the human body works, at least how I understand it. As I understand it, your body does not get stronger while you're lifting weights. You can spend time, as a kid, I didn't quite get this. I thought, okay, if I just lift weights and I work out all the time, you're just going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. That's not how it works. What happens, and I'm probably going to get like emails from a doctor for this, but what happens is you get micro tears in your muscles, and then when you rest, your body repairs those so you're ready to take on whatever challenges happen after that. I think it's a similar parallel to what happens with our fate. And I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're suffering a job loss. Maybe you're struggling with uh, loss of a parent or your grandparents. Anxiety, depression, and all these things are kind of weighing down on you. That is not where your faith gets stronger. Your faith gets stronger when you rest and find hope in Christ. It looks like this. When you spend time in the morning in God's word, when you spend time in the afternoon, or when you spend time before you go to bed, We're finding this hope in Christ and that's where the Holy Spirit mends us together. The trials tear us apart and God puts us back together when we remember his promises that in him we are forgiven, that in him, no matter what we face, we know he has a plan for us, that in him he has given us a purpose and mission in this life. Then we are ready to face the day. Not because our faith is so strong for this year, but because we have faith in something that is so much stronger, our Almighty God who is looking out for us. Let's pray. God, the weight of the world challenges us and it tears us apart. We're going through burdens. We're going through trials. These are not what build us up. We ask that we continue to find time to find renewal in you. And no matter how we're getting crushed, we can find our hope in your promises and we can build up in a faith that is built in something that's so strong that it will never fail. That's you and your promises and your love for us. We ask this in Jesus, our very Savior's name. Is it ever good to overflow? Let's talk about it. I was brainstorming this for a while and I cannot think of one single example where it is good to overflow. So if we think about the examples that you know in life, such as a coffee pot overflowing, or you think about your bathtub overflowing, your dishwasher overflowing, the uh, toilet overflowing, are any of these good examples? I couldn't think of a single one. Even if it's something good. Let's just say you have this giant bowl of Skittles. All orange because the rest don't taste very good. And someone keeps flowing more and more in there. They overflow what is happening. Something that was supposed to be contained is now spilling all over the place. So what are we looking at? What are we talking about today? We can't think of a single example of something good that overflows. And sometimes, it's not even just the physical. Have you ever been in traffic and someone flips you the bird and blames you for their own mistake. Have you ever wanted to drive a tank and just kind of drive up over their car? What's the phrase? It says, sometimes our anger is so built up, we blow our top. Is that the phrase, blow our lid, blow our top? I can't remember which one it is. But this is the idea, right? We're so pent up that something has to overflow. And sometimes it's anger, and sometimes it's gossip, and sometimes it's resentment. I can't think of a single good example except one. This is in a verse we've been looking at all week, and it's way at the end, Colossians chapter two. This is a whole thing because it's going to be written in your wallet and it's going to be written on your mirror after this week. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. What is he saying to us? He's saying, if we understand what God has done for us, if we understand that we're built up in him, we understand that we are accepted, if we understand that we are loved, if we understand that God drank a cup of overflowing wrath and punishment that was meant for us and, in our place, did that on the cross, then we change it, our perspective. We start to see things in a different light. We get a chance to not overflow with anger and frustration and jealousy, but instead we get to overflow with thanksgiving. Let's do that right now. Let's pray. God, some days it feels our nothing is going right. And there's plenty of days where we're overflowing, overflowing with self-pity and anger and frustration. We don't want to clean up those messes that everyone has made for us and and we don't want to do these things because we can't. Instead, help us remember who is the one who cleaned up our ultimate mess, who is the one who drank a cup of suffering and overflowing of sin of the whole world so that we can live differently and we can live in grace and we can live overflowing, not with uh, frustration and jealousy and anger, but instead, overflow with thanksgiving. We ask this in your name, who came to this earth just for us. Amen. Hey friends, you may or may not know that Time of Grace Ministries is 100% donor-supported. You know what that means. We wouldn't be here without you. At all. Thank you. We're so grateful for the ways that you allow us to encourage others with the word of God and If God would move you in your heart to be able to to do that again, we'd, uh, we'd be so grateful. Click on the link below and you'll find more opportunities to support the ministry. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. Thank you so much for investing your limited time to grow in your faith with us. But could I ask you for one more favor? I'm sure you're itching to check out social media or go on to the next part of your day but you could do a huge help for the kingdom of God if you would rate and review this podcast. Just taking a few seconds of your time will help other people to find time of grace, which matters so much to us because we want people to hear about grace, to hear about Jesus, to hear about eternal life. So thanks for taking a little more time. We pray that God blesses you with a great day and we'll see you soon.